I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. So today I wanted to share something with you that I've found to be a very common theme as I've been working with more and more loved ones and their individuals who are struggling. Not everybody I work with struggles with borderline personality disorder. So we'll use struggling in the sense of like someone who is having a difficult time staying in the present moment, moving forward into the future and feels really stuck in fear and anxiety and feels invalidated in life in general, maybe also is is sensitive, right? And so What I notice is that individuals who are resistant to trusting other people, who can be defiant towards direction, who can be prideful and lack empathy, right? These individuals are often people who carry so much shame. And in in the last few weeks, I was inspired to record this episode and the reason that I wanted to release this episode today is because I'm, I'm noticing that when an individual is deviating from normal social behavior, they're automatically placed in a category where we're like, oh, they're different. Oh, they have mental illness. Oh, you know, they're going to rob us again or hurt us again or, you know, do something unpredictable. And that, those are very valid points. Right. I have I'm going to have a um, somebody on hopefully in the next few weeks here over the next month who listened to my podcast about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. And he had a disagreement. He said, well, actually, people with borderline personalities, borderline personality disorder can be dangerous. Because when you play an emotional playground, you can be dangerous. And we kind of talked about it briefly. And, you know, yeah, there are some times where when you play on an emotional playground, the behavior you engage in is dangerous. Like, let's say you were to rob your family members. That makes it very difficult for them to ever trust you in the future because that's just something that you wouldn't do to a person you say you love. Those are relationship-ending behaviors. And I understand that. My challenge to everyone out there is to think about how Anticipating that the person that you love who's struggling is going to do some, anticipating that they're going to do something bad, that they're going to do something that would destroy the relationship again, even as if you, even as you know that they're getting help for themselves, because that's important, right? So this is all under the context of we have somebody who's trying to get help. Other people are trying to help them. They want to know what's the best way to support my loved one who is struggling with mental illness. And one of the best things that you can do is anticipate and encourage and expect that person to be the best version of themselves. So what I, you know, was hearing a lot in sessions were all the things that the loved ones were doing wrong. I got a laundry list. They're doing this and this and this and this, and there's a microscope on all of the bad. There is a time and there is a place to correct someone when they're doing something that's hurtful to you. And there is an expectation in part that this person will tomorrow wake up and be on the emotional playground and do something unpredictable that would hurt you, jeopardize their future, make you feel bad, what what have you. That's fair. But one of the biggest things loved ones can do for their individuals who are in recovery is to 
encourage and look at the positive. Instead of giving a laundry list of reasons why the loved one cannot do and will not be able to do the thing that you need them to do, give a laundry list of reasons why they're capable, encourage them to do it, and hold the line. Hold the line. The more shame someone carries, the more insecure they feel, the more disconnected and marginalized and different they feel. And so the only way that they can exert themselves because they feel so powerless in their current identity is to become prideful and defiant. Ego, in their ego. We can say all of those things. Because then at least they have a say. But when they embark on the journey of recovery, they're trying to get through that shame. It's difficult to do that. So if they're trying to get through their shame and they're doing one thing right, even though they've done a lot of things wrong, they know that, you know that, that's why they're on the path to help anyway, but you're only looking at everything else that could go wrong and has go wrong and you gone wrong, and you won't stop and say, hey, you did a good job for doing this thing. Or yeah, you know what? I'm going to give you this responsibility again. Look at, you know, child raising. If you have a teenager who has BPD, they're in recovery. They did their hospital stay, but you still refuse to give them any trust and any responsibility. Because you're saying, well, you did this and this and this and this and this. Right? So that kind of behavior, the anticipatory, um, like so anticipating that they'll do something wrong, does not lead to support. It leads to more shame and more guilt. So I want you to, as a loved one, and even yourself, if you're struggling, I want you to start this practice of validating your loved one's emotional experiences, period. Just the emotional experience. Everyone is has a unique experience of pain, right? So pain is a subjective experience, physical pain. Well, for people with borderline personality disorder or people with intense emotions, they have a unique experience. It doesn't mean it's not valid. So you feel sad. I get it. I've felt sad before. I've felt really sad too. Right? Like hyperbolically sad. I'm sure, you know, all of you out there can think of something that made you sad. Maybe it wasn't the same event, but again, doesn't matter. So validate. And then after you do that, if that person is coming to you, I want you to expect them to be the best they are by giving them a direction, giving them encouragement, giving them positivity, giving them the responsibility that they're asking for if they're younger, and then holding them to that. So let's say, for example, you had a loved one who said that they were going to do something. They were going to make a phone call to fix a, a credit card bill. Random example. And this is your partner. So you say, hey, babe, can you, can you make this call? And they don't. Well, are you going to go to them and say, you never help me. I do all these things, but you can't make this phone call to me? Are you kidding me? I guess I'll just do it myself then. Or maybe you don't say anything at all. And you just do it yourself. Or maybe you shame them. Or maybe you give them a reminder. Okay? Well, at the next thing that you would want to do after they don't make the call is not to shame them or not to say, oh, I knew you wouldn't, or not to do it for them or any of that. It's to say, hey, I need you to make the call to the credit card company. So you say it again. You offer that reminder. 
And then you can even couple that with, I know it stinks to have to do that, but I need you to do that for me, for us. You got this. You can do it. So you offer encouragement. And then you do that again and again and again until it gets done. It'll get done. But that's a very basic example of how the person that you're in relationship with, your loved one, really needs encouragement. They really need you to believe that in them without quitting on believing in them. Because the more you believe in that person and the more you see even the smallest progress, you don't need to hold a, a parade or a party. And I've said this to people who you know, are on the, the other end of the struggle is that you shouldn't get rewarded for normal behavior. So don't look for it. Fair. You shouldn't. And the people that love you shouldn't continue to give you the laundry list of things you've done wrong. You know you've done them wrong. We all know that. So it's, it does nothing. It does nothing for recovery. So it's very important that when you start thinking, if you're a loved one, of all the things your person has done wrong, everything, look at all the things, the ways they've hurt me. Oh, my goodness. Great. Look at all the ways as a parent you've given them and you're trying to help them and they mess up and they mess up. Great. I know that. I understand that. That's why you're here listening to this podcast. What do they do right? Because if you can't even tell yourself what they can do right, imagine how difficult it is for them to tell themselves they can do right and to believe that in relationships. So my challenge for you today is to offer love and encouragement to the people that you're in relationship with and understand that if your person is struggling and you are a loved one and you want to help them in recovery, one of the best things you can do is tell them that they can do it. They got this. Tell them all the things they've done right and hold the line. Expect them to be that person by calmly allowing them the space to fail to come back, to have unconditional love, to fail, to come back, and to have unconditional love. And remember that prideful, prideful behaviors, behaviors that are egotistical or let's say like narcissist or lack empathy, a lot of the times, not all the time, the things that I say on this podcast are not blanket statements. You know, they, they oftentimes seem to be. But remember that there are always individual differences, so not all the time, but a lot of the time, pride and ego and lack of empathy comes from someone's carrying a large burden of shame where they don't believe they'll ever be good enough, life isn't worth living. So increasing their confidence, giving them positivity, telling them that, yeah, they've hurt you, but you believe in them and you believe that they can be a good person and you believe that they can adhere to a moral compass, will propel them very far forward in recovery. That is something that Jay and I have talked about. He was able to do that for me. There are episodes about how he would hold me to just being the best version of myself. And it's just such a powerful thing to do. So when that negativity train starts going... Make sure you remember why you love that person to begin with. And if you can't remember why you love that person to begin with, I really encourage you to get help, especially if it's your child, your adult child, let's say, with BPD. Maybe that person 
is struggling because they're broken and they need their mom or they need their dad. But maybe their resentment has built for so long that they can't have that. So a positive word, a hug, a text, those things will go a long way in supporting your loved one who's carrying a lot of shame. Look through the pride and the ego and the defiance or the difficultness or the stubbornness and look into the heart of that person because that is why you are here listening is because you love that person so much that you don't want them to struggle and you want them to see the potential in them that you see in them. All right. Well, everybody, next week we are, I am very excited. I'm going to start releasing video podcasts, which is awesome. And we have some great recovery stories lined up. And so we'll see you then. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks for listening. That was From Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Skeeter's Strength Mindset Coaching Systems. We help frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at skeetersstrength.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. Next time on the show, we're going to continue our eating disorder series. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from last episode, so let's hear them. I'd love to hear whatever questions you have too. Just download that Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. So, if you like this podcast, not only can you download that Anchor app, but you can help us get this message out to so many more people. Head over to Apple and offer us that five-star rating and let me know what you're thinking about some of our material. The more stars and higher rating we get, the more people will have access to From Borderline to Beautiful, hope and help for individuals with BPD. BPD.